You are a Locked On Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Braves postcast, part of the all-new Locked On Sports Atlanta. Grant McCauley and Jake Mastriani with you after a 4-1 ball game from Truist Park. No, it's not Groundhog Day. No, this is not a rerun. It just happened to be a much better outcome for the Atlanta Braves. They're on the right side of a 4-1 score as they even up their series with the New York Mets at a game apiece. we got all kinds of good stuff to get into, including some clutch hitting and, of course, just the right amount of pitching to help the Braves win this game and even up this series as well. Before we get started, make sure to subscribe to the all-new Locked On Sports Atlanta on YouTube. Make sure you enable those alerts so you get notifications whenever we drop a new episode. And make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Braves, wherever you get your podcasts, as Jake will have you hooked up with all kinds of good Braves discussion all season long. Jake, as far as good discussions are concerned, I think we got one set for tonight. We were looking for Spencer Strider to help the Braves even things up. I think he had to battle a little bit like Max Fried did in Game 1, but what was the difference? is we got those clutch hits, we got those home runs that we've come to see from the Braves and just when the team needed them most. Yeah, that's what we talked about last night, right? The Mets and Braves, totally two different offenses in the way that they work. You know, the Mets are going to try to to wear you down, scratch across runs here or there. The Braves are looking for that big two, three-run home run to really carry their offense. Fortunately, they got them on this night, but two evenly matched teams. If you didn't know that already coming in, you see it now, both 4-1 scores in these first two games. And on Tuesday in particular, both teams had five hits, four walks, and 13 strikeouts again. The big difference being the couple of two-run homers for the Braves. Yeah, there's a lot of symmetry when you start looking inside the line scores of the first couple of games. Both of them were 4-1. to one. There are five total runs scored in this series by some very simple math by each club. Uh, yesterday's game was three hours and three minutes. Tonight's game was three hours and four minutes. And oh, by the way, through six meetings, these clubs are 3-3 three and three against each other. So nobody really seems to be given an inch and everything seems to have you know, an equal and opposite reaction, if you will. But let's jump inside the line score of game number 89, a middle contest of this three-game set against the Mets, who dropped to 54-34, and 34, a run on five hits, no errors, eight men left on base. Braves now 53-36, and 36, four runs, five hits, no errors, and five men left on base for Atlanta. Tyler Matzik with some really, I'd say, key or clutch relief uh, after Spencer Strider was chased in the fifth inning. He picks up the win. He is now one and two. He picks up that victory on his bobblehead night, so... I guess those are the rules. I don't make them, but that's just the way it works out. David Peterson takes the loss. He was five and or is five and two on the year now. And AJ Minter with his fourth save again. The game three hours four minutes. Sellout crowd forty two thousand two hundred seventeen on hand to see it. And as much as I'd like to start with the pitching, and we're going to talk about Spencer Strider and David Peterson and their battle through the first five to six innings of this game. We got to talk about the clutch hitting on a night like tonight. And for somebody who's always looking, I think, for a moment that will help to start maybe galvanizing him amongst Braves fans, I would say that Matt Olson in the sixth inning with a go-ahead two-run homer to put the Braves on top with their heated NL East rival. Jake, that's a good way to put your stamp on this rivalry and for Braves fans to really rally behind you. Yeah, absolutely. And especially, you know, struggling coming in, did not look good at all in game one of this series. A big at bat for Matt Olson, who was hot to start the season, but didn't get a lot of RBI opportunities, then hit a massive cold streak. And then he's been pretty steady, you know, ever since that. But still, you know, here over the last couple of weeks, he's done a much better job with runners on base. And I thought this at bat in particular in the sixth inning on Tuesday night was just a great at bat. Almost had a double off the wall in right field mm -hmm. and almost got out of here. 
and then fouls off a couple of tough pitches, gets a fastball up and absolutely destroys it out to center field, the hardest hit ball of the game. So, yeah, like you said, a big moment for Matt Olson, big moment for the Braves. You could really just kind of see everything turn. The Braves' were, offense was non-existent for the first five-plus innings of this game until that at bat. And really, the at bat before that, Dansby Swanson got a key break on a pitch that could have been a called third strike and gets a walk. Umpire in this game had a, had a rough night, um, but worked out in the favor of the Braves. Maybe that was the turning of the tide with their luck in this series. Dansby gets the walk. Olsen great at bat and a huge home run, like I said, to kind of turn things around in the Braves' favor. Yeah, I don't want to just you know dance all over this for too long, but Andy Fletcher's strike zone behind home plate was egregious and atrocious and a lot of other adjectives that are not good. And it was that way for both clubs, but in particular, it, it felt like it was one of the contributing factors to why things were a little bit rougher for Spencer Strider than it really needed to be. He was off maybe just a tick in terms of location in this game, but really felt like he got squeezed on top of that. And the combination of missing by a little and not getting calls on borderline pitches or strikes in some cases, that is not a recipe for success for a starting pitcher typically. And as I joked about on Twitter, you know, I can't wait to get this ump scorecard so I can print it out and burn it because it was one of those nights where you just had to shake your head with some of the calls that were being made. But it was bad for both sides, which doesn't make it good, by the way. The two negatives do not make a positive in that case. Let's talk a little bit about Spencer Strider and his start, which was four and two-thirds innings, five hits, a run. It was earned, three walks, and eight strikeouts. So the punch-outs were there for him. The one run that he allowed, let's go ahead and get this discussion out of the way as well. Ronald Acuna Jr. on a ball hit by Francisco Lindor out towards right center field. I thought he took a direct and a bad route at it. It bounced under his glove, got all the way to the wall. They scored it a triple, but it was a misplayed ball by Ronald Acuna. And at the time, it broke the scoreless tie. There have been a handful of these over the past couple of weeks, especially for Ronald. The one against Washington that would have ended the game a couple of days ago really springs to mind. And I don't know what's going on out there, but he really just has not looked either comfortable or, or fully engaged or able to make some plays that you just expect him to make because he has that kind of speed to be able to close in on these balls. Yeah, I tweeted it out after the play. It just it seems like, like you said, for me, even it's been even more evident after coming back from the latest injury where he fouled the ball off his foot. He just seems a little bit timid out there in the mm -hmm. outfield. And, you know, rightfully so. He's coming off a major injury, sure. which occurred when he was playing defense. But it has been very obvious. There's been a drop off in the level of defense from Ronald Acuna Jr. out there this season. Now, also, like I said in my tweet, I would take him out there over just about anybody regardless. But it, it has been a problem with him coming back. And I think, you know, he'll, it'll take probably the rest of this year for him to start to continue to feel more comfortable out there. It probably will. And one of the things you have to feel most comfortable about as a fielder is your ability to be able to leave your feet. We're not seeing a lot of, you know, head first or diving plays in the gaps to make plays on, on balls. And that's not the kind of play he got hurt on. It was the one over his head in Miami on the warning track, but just not really seeming to be able to, to make plays that you would expect Ronald Acuna Jr. to be able to make. He's still not really sliding feet first altogether that often. And it's crazy because it hasn't stopped him from stealing bases, that's for sure. And that's a great thing to see. And even with his, I would say, struggles at the plate, he's still finding his way on base. And I know that if you go into a down cycle and you still have about a 100 weighted run created plus, and that's your downtime, then it tells you how good you are when you are you know, clicking on all cylinders. But we have not seen that from Ronald yet, that two, three, four-week stretch where it just seems like he's pulverizing everything. I have seen a lot of hard contact out of him, but we just have not seen the results. And 
when you're not hitting and other things happen, it has a way of being a little bit more obvious. But hopefully he's able to maybe get some stuff figured out and start making some of these plays because this was one on a night against a heated rival where every run seemed to be at a premium where you wanted to see a play made and it simply was not. So we'll leave that there and you know look at the things that happened after that, which was, of course, the Matt Olson two-run homer that got the Braves the lead, the Adam Duvall two-run homer, so adding on to that lead, and that was a great thing to see because Adam, of course, is celebrating the uh, new addition to the family and back in the Braves lineup and hitting another ball over the wall. I guess this is that Austin Riley dad power thing all over again. <laughs> yeah, it is. And look, I thought it was curious too because I don't think Adam Duvall is in that game if the game is tied or the Braves are losing because you had a right-hander on the mound. I think Snicker probably makes the move to Rosario or Cano at that point. So I Good. thought that's pretty interesting, the fact that you know the Braves took the lead, and I think that kept Duvall in there for his defense, and he comes up with a big home run to pad and pad the lead. And once that that hit was made, especially how late in the game it was, the Braves, you know, fresh bullpen. That just made you feel really good about the final outcome of the game. So, yeah, a huge swing for Adam Duvall there, a huge swing for the Braves to to put this game away. And like I said, an offense that's been kind of struggling really over the last week and a half, not really scoring more than four runs a game like we're typically used to seeing them do when this offense is clicking. But they get two big home runs late, and that turned out being all the need with the way that the pitching staff has been. It did. We're going to get you set up for the rubber match, which comes your way on Wednesday afternoon at Truist Park. Before we do, though, I want to tell you about the sponsor of the Braves postcast. That, of course, is Coffee AM, and that's an Atlanta-based small batch coffee roaster. If you go to coffeeam.com slash locked on right now, you can take a look at their full menu of coffees and teas and gift sets. That's coffeeam.com slash locked on. Use the coupon code locked on at checkout to get 15% off of your order. Coffee AM is the best small batch coffee roaster in America. Go on over there, check out all the great stuff they've got, give them a try, and you will find out why. As we kind of go through some of the moments from Game 2 that really made a big and a lasting impact for the Braves, and this one, of course, those couple of home runs, Matt Olson's being the biggest, and Adam Duvall adding on. And all of this, of course, Jake, means that the Braves move back to a game and a half behind the New York Mets as they even up this series, and as I said earlier, kind of flip the script on them and hand them a 4-1 loss. And big moments that ignited the Braves' offense is something that we have come to expect from this club. But, you know, I don't know that when we go into this finale and you look at a pitching matchup that we'll talk about a little bit more in a moment between Charlie Morton and Chris Bassett, that, you know, maybe the Braves just being able to break through with a couple of those big hits, maybe that hitting can be contagious because that seems to be the way things go for this club. You just have to crack the door a little bit and then the Braves offense seems to find a way to kick it down. Yeah, and look, at, again, we talked about it throughout the season, talked about it last night with this Braves offense. Their strategy is continue to swing hard, hit the ball hard, and eventually good things will happen. They get nine innings to do that, and there's going to be a lot of swings and misses, as we saw. But your hope is that they get a runner on, you get a two-run homer, continue to hit the ball hard, which, again, they did on Monday night. There was just some bad luck for them in that outing so you would like to see more consistency be able to score in different ways hopefully that's what we see in game three of this series going to be a quick turnaround yeah. uh you know it's it's going to be a little tougher offense in a, a basically a morning game but you would love to see the offense like i said you know be able to score in different ways all of their runs in this series so far have come on home runs so would like to see them you know get some runners on 
move some runners over, get a sack fly, something along with the home runs. And that's when this offense really gets going, when they're able to score in a variety of ways. We haven't seen that yet in this series. And honestly, we haven't seen it much over the last week or so. Yeah, the Braves have been one of the biggest home run hitting teams in all of baseball. They've led the National League for most of the season. Only the Yankees have hit more home runs. And that's what the lion's share of the Braves offense usually comes from. And this is a club, as we talked about, they consistently hit the ball hard, do the Braves. The Mets, it's a little different approach. They seem to grind out at bats a little bit differently. They get a lot of luck on batted balls that just does not seem to be something that the Braves are all together that fortunate with. But yeah, these are two different clubs stylistically. They're two different clubs in, in terms of how they are built. But when you look at the standings, these are two clubs that are going to be fighting it out, I think, for the National League East for the remainder of the 73 games on the slate. And we have 13 more matchups head-to-head between these two clubs. So this is quite a race back to a game and a half. The Mets lead over the Braves after Atlanta takes back the game that the Mets grab in the opener. Let's talk to you a little bit about game three of this series. Before we do, let me tell you about Rock Auto. If you go to rockauto.com right now, you'll see all the parts available for your car or truck, and you'll find amazing selection and reliably low prices. Make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you all the parts your car or truck will ever need. You can find them at rockauto.com. Game three against the Mets on Wednesday afternoon. Charlie Morton, 5-3, and three, 421 ERA. That thing continues to fall as Charlie's been pitching great for about the last month. Meanwhile, Chris Bassett missed a little bit of time on the COVID IL. He's 6-6 six and six this year, 394 ERA. Um, I guess that is both you and I would just say, if you're looking for the Charlie Morton that the Braves expected to see, I think we've all of a sudden found him. And if he can go out and continue what he's been doing lately, that would set up the Braves for success. And maybe he could get a little bit deeper into the game. I think that'd be about the only request we have, right? Yeah, I was going to say, I don't remember the last time, I have to look it up, that the Braves have gone three games in a row without a starter going at least six innings. It seems oh. like it's been a while. Uh, so certainly would love to see that from Charlie Morton. Hopefully he's taken notes of these first two games and seeing these Mets hitters are not afraid to go deep in an account. So stri- uh, attack early, throw strikes, don't waste many pitches. That's really my biggest complaint with Strider. We talked about the zone, but the fact that he would get ahead of batters and then try to nibble and get them to chase. And this Mets team just doesn't do that. So attack the zone. Don't waste many pitches. Go deep into this game. Make these Mets hitters beat you. Yes, they have some batted ball luck, but still, I think for the most part, you got to make them beat you. Don't waste your pitches and go deep into this game. Would love to see Charlie Morton do that on Wednesday and get a series win. That's the plan. It'll be one of our keys to success for the Braves as they try to take two out of three from the Mets in this series in game three. Morton against Bassett, 1220 p.m. Eastern time at Truist Park is the first pitch. Great night at the ballpark on Tuesday, though, as the Braves hand the Mets a 4-1 loss. We appreciate you coming along for the ride with us on the Braves postcast, part of the all-new Locked On Sports Atlanta. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and make sure you subscribe to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, your final score, Braves 4 and the Mets 1. For Jake Mastriani, I'm Grant McCauley. We will catch you after Game 3. And until then, so long, everyone.